Hello and welcome to This AFL Life. I'm your host, Alison Smanoff. It's post-AFLW Grand Final and I am joined by my co-hosts, Rachel Hibbert. Good evening. And Susan Cadman. Hello there. How are we feeling after what was a brilliant AFLW Grand Final? Oh, just a mix of emotions, I think. Sad it's over, but so happy with how the season panned out for just AFL, well, for women's football. I think we couldn't have asked for much better, really. What do you think? I'm still amazed at some of the things I saw in that game. Like, we called it last week, Hiba. Thank you. Mentioned that Courtney Hodder was very quiet in the prelim, so it was probably due for a big one in the grand final, and she delivered. Didn't she ever? That Matilda-style kick. But I think it wasn't just her kicking, it was her tackling. Like, she tackled Reeve Metcalf at one point. She must go up to her knees. Like Yeah, totally. It was just everything. She just threw it all at him, and it was so great to watch. Yeah, it was just... Just to bring just to bring that on the biggest stage, the biggest game of the year, it's just like, you know when they talk about big game players, like that, she brought some big game players. Yeah. I mean, but where do you start for the game? Like, I have to say I was really impressed. Um, from my point of view, Brisbane brought a very clear game plan into the game and executed it perfectly. They shut down every single key player the Crows had and kept it up for four quarters, which I truly did not think that they could do for four quarters. Like, honestly, even halfway, probably third quarter, end of the third quarter, I still was like, they can't they can't get this pressure up. They can't up. sustain it. They yeah. can't sustain this another quarter. They just can't do it. But they did it and they and then some. Like, it was just so impressive. A couple of things. I mean, obviously, Hodder was amazing. And, you know, and Wushner chipped in with some really special goals as well. But Kathy's Vark's role on Noffy, incredible. Uh, yep. Brie Conan and Zilke on their double team on Aaron Phillips. Every time the ball went near her, you could see him. That yeah, was great. couldn't get near it. Um, but the other thing that I found really interesting was... Adelaide had 20 more inside 50s and had five marks inside 50. Brisbane didn't have any marks inside 50. I couldn't believe that statistic when I saw it. And it honestly didn't really feel like it during the game because as soon as it entered Adelaide's forward 50, it rebounded straight back out of there. Yeah. And no wonder the medal of the game went to Kate Lutkins. Just such a pivotal role in winning a premiership. That was... So exciting. Backliners never win anything. It's awesome. Yeah, I think Lutkins was a very deserving winner. We were trying to pick who the winner was and I thought, Hodder, Lutkins, Anderson. Anderson had a very good game. Blinder. Yeah. Um, maybe unheralded. Like, just a really good game. Any of them could have won, but, geez, it's nice to see a defender winning it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, it's almost kind of, like, reward for – because Kate Lutkins has been so good for so many years for Brisbane. Like, it's almost like a reward for all of that work. That's what I thought too. And just over the season as well. Like, couldn't couldn't have been better. I thought really, really happy with that. And then after the game revealed that in round eight, she'd torn her plantar fascia. Yeah, what 
the heck? No, I've got a mouthful of food, but... <laughs> Couldn't help yourself, hey? No. What? How do you play through that? Cortisone? Can you? I don't know. <laughs> you don't can. Know. It's just... It's luckily, luckily, it's one injury you can play through, but it's not pleasant. <laughs> it's extreme pain. You really need your feet in football. Um, they really help. But she's having post-season surgery on both feet. Well, it's going to be a lot of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of injuries, Ange Foley doing her ACL. How devastating. <laughs> we know what that means, you know. The Crows have some terrible luck. Yeah. In grand finals. Adelaide Oval. Adelaide yeah. Adelaide captains <laughs> on grand final day at Adelaide Oval. If, if I'll tell you what, Chelsea Randall drafts me tomorrow <laughs> and then names me as the stand-in captain <laughs> next next year during the AFLW um, Premiership game, I will decline. <laughs> no, thank you, you Chelsea. Yeah, thank you, but no. <laughs> I like my knees. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, but on a serious note, like that's just heartbreaking for Ange Foley, um, and she's been another kind of stalwart yeah. in defence for the Crows over yep. the first five seasons. And so, um, hope she recovers well. Yeah, and I think once Ange went down, it was really sort of the nail in the coffin. Down Randall, down Foley, momentum's against them. It really, I think you could see the Crows. Didn't they kind of knew? Mm. Um, and Brisbane knew too, and they capitalized, which is what a champion team does. So, yeah. um, I do want to say though, Davidson Crows did a great job of shutting down Davidson in, in yeah, they like did. not um, ignoring that factor of the Crows defense. You know, she was had the potential to really like Phillips, you know, they, they were the two kind of key focal points for both board lines, and it's kind of nice. I was thinking as I was watching the game. It's kind of nice that both teams took those two players out because it meant they had to play a bit differently and be a bit more creative. And I, I really love that because it just changes it up a bit and you just see the different sides to the team that, pretend, you know, you haven't we haven't seen necessarily. So Yeah, the other forwards having a go and you, we got to see how clever players like Wooshner and Arnell are for Brisbane. But, yeah, I just – I was amazed at just how Brisbane just took – not only took – the opportunities, but they took like half opportunities yeah, too. Like yeah. I mean that that moment of brilliance from Hodder in the second quarter. That's that soccer goal off the ground. Oh, that was goal of the year. Seriously, like, honestly. Like I mean, that's that's almost evidence that they should maybe include you know the whole final series in goal of the year voting. Yeah. But I, I was watching that at um, at a pub. And it seriously had everyone on their feet. Mm. It was just like that's so cool. It's just like an it was just an iconic grand final moment. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and also forced people like Spark, who had a role, to be creative as well. And she got the ball and she surged forward and yeah. kicked the goal. And yeah, just I thought that Svark had. To me, like, Zvark is good at getting possessions as well as doing this sort of tagging role. But I thought that game seemed to have a little bit more creativity and a little bit more um, movement forward. I don't know if I just was imagining that. But, yeah, just really impressed with Zvark's mm. game. And also that um, that chase down tackle in the last quarter. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I was at the Empress, actually, just up the street. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, Kathy! Mm-hmm. 
And my 91-year-old nan is called Kathy. And for a moment, I just thought I was screaming at my nan <laughs> at the pub. But um, everyone around us was getting into it as well. I thought you were about to say that your nan was at the pub. You were getting up and yelling out too. She would just be yelling, but that's the dementia probably. <laughs> <laughs> She'd think Carlton was playing and <laughs> probably yell some names from the 1960s. <laughs> so I guess... My thoughts, I will definitely eat my words from last week where I did not think Brisbane would bring the pressure to the game and I absolutely take that back. They really brought the pressure. They showed, they matched and excelled over the Crows and we talked about how good of a pressure team they were and they really, they just from the first bounce were at them. So like kudos to Brisbane, I could not, I actually could not fault them for their game on the weekend. Like I said, exec- came with the game plan, executed it brilliantly. Four quarters of pressure, you know, kicked at, kicked straight. They kicked it through the big sticks. Hibs, our favourite. I like the big sticks. Yeah, you get the most points. You do six mm. six <laughs> points. And I think um, have been very consistent over the course of the season. So, you know. Like, congratulations. I could not be more pleased. And also, like, really lovely to have a new team join the AFLW Premiership. Yeah. Brigade. Definitely. It's winning premierships is is such a difficult thing to do. And I, uh, there's an ex Carlton player called Ken Hunter. And uh, I remember him saying once that to win a premiership, every single person from the best player to the boot stutter you know, has to be on the same page and pushing in the same direction. And you do get that feeling about Brisbane. And I'm just like, I'm just so happy that they've they've had this ultimate success and everything went right for them, plus a couple of moments of brilliance, plus an amazing send-off for their skipper and Lauren Arnell. Like, what a day. And to be a part of three grand finals in five years, you know, they've clearly shown us that they're a dominant, the dominant side. Yeah, they're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is just extreme reward for continuous effort. And yeah. hats off to Craig Stasevich just – and I know we're often critical of uh, there not being enough female coaches at the top level – but I think Craig is the prime example of someone who has played men's football for many, many years quite successfully and has been able to capitalise on his skills, but also obviously his personable skills and the ability to coach women. I think that we've spoken Mm. about is... But even before he became coach... Of Brisbane, he you know he was, was so a, involved. He was a talent manager, female talent manager exactly. for, for the whole state. So he's nurtured and helped grow the game in Queensland. Um, my Siren Sport colleagues have uh, last year wrote an amazing three-part uh, long read on the history of women's footy in Queensland, and it's a really, really great read. You know, for a non-football state, what they've achieved in women's football is really incredible um so this is just yeah it's great reward for a lot of people's work i just wanted to say i thought that it was the perfect game to finish off a really excellent season of aflw and i'm really all i wanted was a good hit out and it really was like i thought it showed off 
how far the game's come. The skills were great. It was strategic. It was intense. <laughs> and I thought that I'm sure that the, the, the crowd at the ground must have really enjoyed the game to be there because I think it was just a, it, it was grand final worthy. Oh, 100%. Absolutely 100% agree with you. It was an incredible, incredible game. Exciting. So we're going to jump into a bit of season review stuff. And I want to know which team surprised you the most in 2021? Alison, do you have an answer for that question? Well, I think it needs to go on the record that Brisbane surprised me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think also the Bulldogs surprised me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Was that a particular player or result or? I think just the the elevation in Ellie Blackburn's game all round. Um, the fact that they played some really good, you know, exciting footy and that they're such a young list. So there's a lot of upside. Um, yeah, I think they were kind of a bit of a surprise packet for me. Nice. Okay, a team that surprised me genuinely. I think there's two teams for me. Demons. Yep. And Richmond. Demons because they were well and truly on the rebuild and I I honestly cannot believe how well they did. Like, they ended up fourth. I think we've already kind of gone on about the Demons, but just in sort of, I guess, one word, like they were just surprising. I think um, just the connection they had between a new team, a new group coming in with the old group, that takes a while to build and it seemed to have clicked really quickly. So... Mm-hmm. Really impressive. And then with Richmond for me, I was pretty hard on them early in the season. But, gee, they really turned their season around, in my opinion. I think once they got their game plan going and the bit of confidence up, they actually show that they have got all this that can at least shake things up a little bit. Mm. Give those players another season, another two seasons in the system. I think, you know, let's let's see what happens. I was surprised by Collingwood. Because I think they were another one who elevated their game to the next level with some really, really great picks. Like Tiny Brown was enormous for them, even though she did kick a <laughs> point in the wrong way. Best point of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I have a look at the ladder of last year, it was a um, the conference system still, um, but they – got knocked out in the semi-finals and they actually finished fourth in their conference and overall I think it was they were a bit further down the ladder so I think they up the ante and like Bree Davey, Britt Benici, Ruby Schleicher we've spoken about them a lot they were just epic um, and I guess we saw we can see that in the nominations for the uh, AA team of the year as well they they really featured so yeah they were my surprise packet for the year. Mm. Good call, Huba. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, okay, so on the flip side, is there a team that slightly disappointed you this season? I have to say my blue baggers slightly disappointed. I mean, I love them, but a couple of results early in the year, you know, close games that they lost by a goal really came back to bite them. Let's not even talk about the <laughs> Fremantle debacle. Ah. <laughs> that game, I still don't know what happened. Um, yeah, 
you know, they played in the grand final in 2019. They looked really strong in 2020. You know, you added Elise O'Day to that mix and they just didn't quite click. So slightly disappointed, but expecting them to bounce back. Disappointed in Carlton, but so pleased to see Darcy Vessio dominating the way yeah. we have been waiting. Yeah, agree. I was slightly disappointed in and for North Melbourne. Uh I think we, we've we spoken about how dominant we thought they were going to be and that we were disappointed last year when they didn't quite get to that next, I guess, level. Ad- admittedly, they were stopped by COVID, so they did beat Collingwood in a uh, semi-final and then that was it. And then, But this year, I just think, I don't know, they just fizzled out a little bit, didn't they? Um, had a couple of good wins. There was, you know, the, after round two, we were saying they're the hardest back line to stop. They were... Only had seven points scored against them, kind of thing. Next minute, we kind of forgot about them. So yeah, slightly disappointed in them and for them. I think uh, they'll be doing a bit of shuffling around. I think this season and going into twenty twenty two. For me, Geelong. I really, really wanted them. I was really cheering for them to get over the line a few times, and they just—it's not looking good down there unfortunately and they have some pretty champion players in that team and I just think they've a couple of them got like you know Cranston where was Cranston this season and you know some of those really key players that have carried them experienced players they just went a bit missing and I don't know what's going on down there and I guess I was just a bit disappointed because even though like every week I still thought they might come up I feel like it's a long way back for Geelong now and I'm really interested to see what happens next because they've obviously relied on their local talent and recruiting so far. But I think they're going to have to change tack now, really. Have to look a bit wider. Yeah, they just really have to get a couple of stars in there to help support. Yeah, hopefully um, Nina Morrison can make a big difference in the middle for them. I think she's going to come back through the VFLW. I hope not this week. hope not. <laughs> uh, in the next few weeks. But um, – yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you there, Caddy. This might be a bit controversial, but my other team is Fremantle. I know they were like pretty dominant across the season, but I really felt like the games that mattered and the moments that mattered, they didn't. Um, they didn't show up. And I think that's the difference between a champion team and not. And I think we all thought Fremantle would be in the grand final. And Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think... The fact that they won't is actually a bit disappointing because, yeah, like I said, when when push comes to shove, they didn't quite yeah. show enough for me. Because when they beat when they beat Adelaide in Adelaide, I think everyone was on Frio. Mm. But after that, you know, they they couldn't beat Melbourne, they couldn't beat North Melbourne, they couldn't beat Brisbane. Um, they peaked too early. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. And they also didn't travel for a really long time as well, so they were pretty pretty settled in their state um, in their COVID-free zone. So then I think they're a little bit possibly quite rattled um, with all the travel and restrictions and all of that kind of jazz that they then faced. So who knows? But I agree, Caddy. I think – no, I don't think it's controversial. I think it's fair game. Okay. Now we're going to roll into some predictions. Now, by the time I edit this podcast and release it, the uh, W Awards would have happened – or the uh, rewards, as Julia Kiera likes to refer to them as. 
Um, <laughs> but I want your tips for the best and fairest, league best and fairest, and the rising star. Ooh. I'm going to go straight with my heart. I'm still on the Brie Davy bandwagon. Yeah. I'm going for her for league best and fairest. Even though I know Benit, she's likely taken a bit of shine off that. I just think her season was incredible. Um, and Ellie McKenzie for me, for Rising Star. I think now the season's done and I've dust has settled, I think that she was the best, best of the bunch. What about you, Al? Well, because Brie Davy won the AFLPA MVP. So that's usually a fairly good indicator. So I'm kind of leaning towards Brie Davy, but you can't ignore Bowers. Yep. So I reckon it's going to be between those two. Kind of, I kind of can't split them. Me neither. And I think what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I just want to say on the record that the best and fairest of my heart is Elise Parker. A F P. What is it? A P F C. A P F C. Um, I agree. I think my heart says Bree Davy. But having a look at the Coaches Association as well, they all voted for Bowers, which the umpires probably see similar things to the coaches and have similar views, I imagine. I'm not on the panel, um, in case you were wondering. But uh, I think... Aren't you? Oh, thanks for the surprise, Al. Look, I've worked hard to hide it, but I'm not. <laughs> um, I think Bowers will take it out. And Rising Star, I think – oh, what do you reckon, Al? What do you reckon? Are you on the Mackenzie train? Yeah, I mean, I'd like Hanks to win it, but I think Mackenzie's going to win it. Um, I'm also backing Ellie Mackenzie for the Rising Star with Tyler Hanks a very, very close second. And Courtney Hodder was also nominated in round eight. So I think she played – quite a pivotal role at, at Brisbane, but I think Ellie McKenzie had a larger effect across every single round um, for Richmond and, and had a really big difference at, at there at Punt Road. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something else at you. So oh. there are currently two players that have been selected in the all Australian team every season. I know this. And they are Karen Paxman and oh, Emma Carney. That was the question. Do they both make the final mm. team this year? I think Paxman does, but I'm not sure about Carney. I think we've seen the midfield lift its game this year yet again with the inclusion of lots of young players and the step up of lots of older players, i.e. Ellie Blackburn, Karen Paxman. Ellie Blackburn, who's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, more experienced players, dare I say. You know, um, foundation players. Um, Lauren Pierce uh, in the ruck. Uh, I don't know if Carney will make it. What do you think? I think both of them, like, to be honest. You're questioning both. Well, I think one of them might make it on the bench. I don't know. I just, oh, gosh. There's not that many spots up for grabs in an All-Australian team. No. Only 22. Yeah. What do you think, Al? I, I'm kind of leaning towards Paxi in and Carney just missing out. but I hope they both get in. That would be yeah. awesome. Cool story. Wouldn't yeah. it be great? Yeah. 
They both deserve it. It's not saying they don't deserve to be no. there. It's just that the the new talent coming through is starting to really knock yeah. on the door. Like that 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 new wave of talent is yeah. just so good. Epic. Epic. Love it. So I reckon season twenty twenty one, when you think about like coming off a global pandemic and eight of the teams being in lockdown for most of twenty twenty, you know, Season 2021 is the, is the best, easily the best AFLW season we've seen. What are you looking forward to in 2022? Oh, honestly, just the young the young players, I think. I really think that's what I'm looking forward to, is seeing the next round of draft picks coming straight in and making an impact like these ones have. Because I think from year to year now, we're just going to keep seeing that. And that just means the skills are neater, you know, the intensity is higher, the fitness is better, and that means overall footy is just improving. So it's sort of a, a bit of a nothing statement, but I really look, I love seeing those young, young kids coming through. I would like to see, and I'm looking forward to a longer season. However, I'm not sure if that's happening in 2022 yet, the CBA. I think there's, there'll be an extra game. Like it, there'll be oh, 10, that's right. There'll be ten Re- rounds. Ten rounds. I think. Uh, no, I think that's good. I think ten rounds is. You know, obviously we're on, on the up, on the upward trajectory of you know positive change for the game. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the youngsters coming through, and I'm also looking forward to hopefully better coverage of the games available, uh, and perhaps at more appropriate times as we've spoken about. I'm looking forward to the 2022 grand final getting complete free air, even if it overlaps with AFL-M. Yeah, actually, give us a schedule with confirmed grounds at least a month before the season starts. (laughs) Just book in each main stadium in each state. Yep. Just do it. Just do it. I still think 2.10 on a Saturday no, is I, grand final time though. Yeah, but when it's – Depending when it is. When it, But when, like I said the other week, like when it's April, when community footy is starting, like too many people that are part of the community miss the game. So like the, the men's grand final is at the end of September when all local footy is finished. So do, it, do you do it at 2 p.m. on a Sunday? I think you play it at night. <laughs> Yeah, okay. We'll see. Mm. Mm, I liked it on a Saturday, Alvo. It goes back to the old school grand final. I do understand. Like, I agree I with it, you, Al. Yeah. I totally get it. Because we, we were them. Yeah. You know, we, were, we wanted to be at yeah. community footy on a Saturday, Alvo, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or like if if it is 210 on a Saturday, like let community leagues know. Yeah. So no games on the Saturday. Move all the games to the Sunday. Yeah, well, hopefully, like, the scheduling won't be anything like it is this year. Hopefully, mm. going forward, yeah, exactly. we'll have an actual season and the poor players don't have to live day to day. Yeah, with a <laughs> wondering ro- where they're playing. rolling, rolling yeah. fixture. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, – and maybe that's another thing that's made this season so remarkable is that, you know, we've had rolling fixtures and lockdowns and all kinds of stuff and – the, the footy has been amazing. It's been so good. 
And I say this with the utmost respect for my dad who loves football at every level, will come to, you know, grade seven fourths footy to watch my brother play. (laughs) He would make comment of the women's game every week this season and it's just something that's a change in my life which has been super positive is the engagement from people who haven't otherwise thought that it was worth watching and it's not that my dad thought it wasn't worth watching it was that he would rather be on the golf course but he would actually this this year make an effort to have a look at the highlight reels and view the game because he said it was footy and I was like oh thanks dad yeah, even my dad's been engaged, actually. It's mm. saying something. It's it's a slow change. I get it. And I think there's still those idiots and trolls out there on the internet that just never will. And that's why I delete social media for weeks at a time. But um, positive change. So my next question to both of you is the question of expansion. Craig Stasevich in his grand final post-match press conference was quite strong and said that we should calm the farm and consolidate for a few more years before we bring in extra teams. What do you both think? Yeah, I mean, I think we're just getting, like, it's starting to really get some momentum now. And I think the excitement's there. The other teams who don't have um, women's teams involved in the AFLW are obviously seeing what they're missing and are very keen to get involved, the Hawthorns and the Essendons and whatnot. But I don't see the benefit in the exp- – I'll be interested to see what kind of business case is getting put forward to the expansion at this point um, with the NAB leagues just like quite new as well. And I just think let it settle, let this, you know, I know there's a bit of chit-chat around, you know, Brisbane and Adelaide and being pretty dominant in their in their states, but Brisbane got absolutely annihilated by the Suns and other teams yeah. taking their players and look what they still managed to do. So I don't actually think that's... Mm. Right. Yeah, actually, Stas said after the game they had, like, over the course of, you know, expansion over the last few years, they've had, like, about 16 players that are now playing at other clubs. Yep. (laughs) On one hand, I did watch the Front Buyer episode last week, which was the AFLPA Awards, uh, on which they interviewed Beck Goddard, who we know and love. And she said it can't happen soon enough because as soon as every team has a as, – beg your pardon – as soon as every club has a team, it's able to be professionalised and the women are able to be paid properly and it's a quote or, you know, semi-quote, a full squad and they're able to put forth things to the CBA that they can't do at the moment. However, I wonder if it's a selfish comment based on the fact that she's at Hawthorne and – She's really keen to be able to foster that growth at Hawthorne and, you know, perhaps be a coach at another AFLW club. But I agree with Stas and I think also having just watched Shiny Layton's interview after retiring saying how difficult it is as a semi-professional athlete in her 30s to have a life outside football and I think at the moment at least half the league is made up of that calibre of players where if you expand again, the competition gets diluted again and those players who have been building together over the last few years get dragged away 
to other teams and we start this conversation again. I just, I agree. I think let it simmer, let it, let it improve like it has done now. Like what we're seeing now is, you know, two years of teams being together on a regular basis. So let that happen for a couple of years and then boom, away we go. Sydney are doing huge things in with their academy um, and they've been playing lots of games with their under-18s and so that's coming through. So I'm I'm not for an expansion, not for an immediate one. Yeah, I think I kind of – my. I mean, I'm not an expert in the depth of the talent pool, but my, my gut feel is – let the state leagues around the country do their thing for a, a couple of years and develop some talent. Let the NAB League do its thing. I'm sure there's similar under-18 competitions happening around the country as well. Let's just invest in the next wave of talent coming through and then think about expansion. Well, let's see what happens, eh? Oh, Can we just have a quick detour here? <laughs> We've to- been detouring all night. <laughs> Detour back to the another detour. G flip. Oh, living her best life. G flip. So, okay, I had a bit of an Instagram stalk of G flip, and she's recruited her sister as her personal assistant. What? So, she and her sister are living their best lives. So they invited the Collingwood AFLW team over to her house, and they had a party after they you know, got knocked out and whatever because she's a diehard Collingwood fan. And then she goes and performs at the AFLW Grand Final, kills it. Like, she's she's an excellent live performer. And then goes to the after party and puts on a mini show at the after party. So, G-Flip's having a great time. And, yes, I did stalk her on Instagram. That's how I know all of this. No, I thought a few things about G-Flip. I just loved that. I loved how much she loved being there. I think the crew's the, the Adelaide crowd would give her nothing, but she didn't care. She was like, oh, "I go for Collingwood," and just was so stoked to be there, and just looked so happy. And I was like, "Yeah, yes, yes G Flip, like yes, genuine AFLW fan." Like, she was just like, "I love footy. This is the best day of my life." And I was like, "I believe you." Anyway, so that was my detour. Was the detour via G Flip? What did you guys think of the Grand Final Entertainment, actually? Sarah McLeod with no band was real bizarre. <laughs> I, I missed, didn't actually watch it. I, I actually missed the, I missed the entertainment. I watched G-Flip on the replay, but I didn't watch Sarah McLeod. <laughs> Why did they get her? I mean, oh. I, you know, I used to love Super Jesus back in the day when I was <laughs> literally 15, <laughs> like 20 years ago. I didn't understand why she was there because she was also there with her electric guitar with no bed. Hey, Hiba. Oh, Alison. Do you know what time it is? Hmm. It's question time. Oh, our mate, Kro 87 G'day, Kel. Not a question. Oh. Just wanted to it's say. It's statement time. It's <laughs> statement time. Not a question. Just wanted to say thanks for all your efforts this season. Love the pod. Oh. Bless. All that effort. That Al does. <laughs> we'll take some of that credit. Thank you. This delirium, I cannot believe people listen to it. Honestly, <laughs> Honestly the fact that one person even listens to the pod blows my mind. It's huge. And it's not us. It's still not me. <laughs> uh, 
so also on Saturday, someone sent this through. Oh. At Kirby Kirby B. Hello. I've got a question for next week's podcast. Amazing. How good is Courtney Hodder? Oh. Is that rhetorical? Was this mid game by any chance? It was basically after, <laughs> it was just after the final siren. <laughs> Very. Excellent. Oh, Hodder. I think Hodder's got a bit of Eddie Betts about her, you know. Yeah. Absolute X Factor game changer. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, you said, will she just be known as Courtney? But Hodder is such a great True. thing to call out. So Hodder. Yeah, well, you know, hot, hotter, hotter works for me too. Yeah, kind of like Dangerfield or you know Selwood or Danger. Yeah, hotter. Okay, uh, at Data Kid Twenty Three. Ah, oh. another one of our favourites. My favourite person, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is the short history slash story with Arnell? Everyone seemed so happy she finally won. But as a relative newcomer, I don't understand the full significance of the feelings people are having about the excellent ending. Oofed. That's a that's a pretty big question. Now, Lauren Arnell, I think, in her total football career has played in approximately eleven premierships. Nine at Darabin, one with Yoronga last year, and now an AFLW premiership. So she has had a really successful footy career, um, but the work that she's put in at community level, she had a lot to do with Carlton's bid initially to get an AFLW licence. She was the inaugural skipper of Carlton AFLW team, uh, as she referenced in an article uh, that she did during the week with Megan Husswaite. Carlton kind of put an end date on her career, which I think, you know, and us – Hiba knowing Loz pretty well was quite premature given mm. her depth of knowledge and her footy smarts. So I think for her to get that second opportunity at Brisbane and finish on that note is just like a footy fairy tale. I completely agree. And I just think she has played in so many different teams and been a part of quite a number of clubs so she has touched a lot of people's lives I think that's why there was a bit of um, hullabaloo if you will um, about her 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 final game and I would imagine it's the same in Queensland for Zilks I think we don't understand the full effect that Zilks has had on Queensland footy because we're not there Mm, but yeah from all regards um, Zilks has just been an enormous um, figure in, in Queensland and, you know, to captain the Brisbane Lions for five years in a row is is something really special. So, yeah, Lozzie's story is pretty spectacular and I think a couple of really cool little fun facts about Lozzie is that she is a triplet. So she's got a brother and a sister and her mum plays football and played her first season of football at age 70-something, I think, in yep. 2019. Um, and I, I just... <coughs> feel really lucky to be able to have played and trained with with Loz I think that's oh just I actually cried at the pub and I got told off by my cousin for crying at the pub I was completely sober but she um yeah is just a really nice person as well so I think like also this is very falcon centric um but there was a nice little moment over the weekend 
you know, obviously Loz Arnell's had a very long career at Darabin and she retired on Saturday. And Sunday, a young Falcons player called Pepper Poultney made her VFLW debut. Now, Pepper came down to Darabin, a Darabin come and try day, I think in 2016 or early 2017. And the first Falcons person that she met was Lauren Arnell. And Lauren Arnell ran that come and try session. And from that moment, Pepper was hooked. And her whole family had Falcons now. Uh, her mum's on the board. Her dad's a development coach. Her other two sisters play soccer and footy at the Falcons. And I just think it's a really beautiful thing. The day after Lauren Arnell retired from AFLW, Pepper made her VFLW debut. And that's just one of the many things I love about footy and the Falcons. Yeah, we're pretty lucky, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, one of our loyal listeners. And pains in the ass. <laughs> Scooby Snacks. Do backs win premierships or does Hodder? I mean, I think you're asking the wrong group here. <laughs> we're all on the backs winning premierships. Every game is back, is based on the back line holding the fort and leading the way, in my opinion, as a pretty much career backman. Um, but isn't it nice to see forwards kicking like kicking those incredible goals? Yeah. Oh. It's pretty it's pretty inspiring stuff. It's so exciting. It just you know nothing quite lifts a crowd like a good goal. Yeah, it's true. Like I mean it's probably about the same. A back making a goal line mark versus Hodder kicking that ridiculous goal, soccer goal. What's gonna like lift the team more? I don't know. Probably, probably the goal. We spoke about this. Yeah, didn't we? but I'm we, just thinking like we have an actual yeah. like we have real but like that, example. That, but that Zvark, no. So that the Hodder goal, yeah, or the Zvark run down tackle. Oh yeah. Also depends what the game is like. Time so if game. it's yeah, if they're you know winning, then a a chase down tackle is enormous and if they're losing a goal is the thing that sparks you up i don't know either way backs win premierships there's no question yeah okay <laughs> i agree <laughs> agreed <laughs> and another one of our favorites hetero upsetero <laughs> has sent in a question uh she usually sends in a would you rather but this is a kind of would you rather ish question and it's quite brilliant hopefully i can <laughs> Get Al's already get lost it when she read it before. <laughs> if Ebony Marinoff and Emily Bates had a baby, <laughs> would they be called Baranoff or Marinate? <laughs> 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 what drugs is she on? <laughs> I think she's on endone. Yeah, endone's really <laughs> kicked in for hetero, hetero. Uh Well, I'm going to say, because my name also ends in off, I'm going to go with Baranoff. I just marinate for me. <laughs> just the footy marination. It's got to be marinate. Oh, is marination even a word? No, I don't even know. Uh, just a final question from another very good friend of the pod. Goes by the name of Sam Lane. What? The Sam Lane. The Sam Lane. The Sam Lane. He did a great job on the weekend, yes, by the way. Absolutely. We love Sammy. Congratulations on another year. I love you this AFL life. No week in AFLW without you. Question for deep dive if possible. Who, what 
is Scooby Snacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Wouldn't you like I'm, to know? I don't even know where to start with that. I feel like Scooby Snacks just needs to remain an enigma. What do you reckon? Anon. Yep. I think I think Scooby Snacks needs to remain anonymous. Absolutely. Scooby Snacks. The secret will go to the grave with this AFL life. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> what are they? <laughs> or where are they? Owner of a dog named Moose. The rest is a mystery. Okay, and now we only have one of these, but it is time for... Would you rather? Our favourite hetero upsetero. When going on stage to receive your premiership medal, would you rather fail to put the cap on the Oz kicker but get a high five or successfully plant the cap on the Oz kicker but they leave you hanging? Oh, I mean, no one likes to be left hanging. It's honestly one of my greatest delights. <laughs> At any premiership yeah. when they have that little moment on stage where they exchange the medal for a hat and a, normally a handshake, but this year was a fist bump. It was very Ish. weird. But anyway, yeah, yeah and a, a, a touch of hands. <laughs> um, good God. I think I'd rather be left hanging. No, as long I- as the little kid's all right. I can cop it. No, I don't want to be left hanging. No, neither. There's no worse feeling. What? So you'd rather not put the cap on the kid's yeah, head? Yeah, that's right. I'd just give it to him in the hands. Yeah, the, it doesn't matter if the cap falls off. They can put, can it, put it, it back later. on again. Yeah. Okay. But, but oh, that little kid, like, oh, he didn't put, you know. Can we just bring that back to possibly the best moment of the grand final? Oh, oh. yes. If not the season. The best way to finish the season. The last person who comes up to collect their medal, Zilki, receives her medal. And the sweet, sweet little Oz kicker says, you are my hero. Great game, Emma. You are my hero. The best. Honestly. The best. Is there no better thing you've seen in AFLW? She melted. Emma melted. She was like, oh. (laughs) So really, the MVPs are... The Oz kickers. I think that's where we landed. At the yeah. end of the day. But that's, yeah, it's the power of AFLW, isn't it? RFI, they forgot Jesse Wardlaw. Oh, yeah, oh, that was so bad. That was so awkward. And then the announcer had to ask, ask who number 31 said, she, oh, well, who, did I, yeah, who did I miss? And they had to say, oh, Jesse Wardlaw, number 30. Yeah. Awkward. Would not happen at an AFLM grand final. Nope. Or if it did, if it did. I wouldn't care as much. <laughs> um, but it's time for us to draw season six of This Safer Life to a close and season 2021 to a close. Uh, we would like to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. Thank you for all of those that supported us by buying us a beer and taking out a membership. We promise we will organise that kick oh, yeah. of the footy with you. We have much more time available now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're going to take a little bit of a break, but there are some plans in the works for some off-season podcast activities, uh, but we'll keep you posted on that. But, uh, but once again, on behalf of my co-hosts, Rachel and Susan, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. 
on season 2021 of AFLW. It's been a ride and it's been so lovely to go on the journey with with the listeners who really, let's be honest, give us all of our content every week. So <laughs> really, we should be thanking you and buying you all beers. Yeah. So remind me that when I see you at the pub next and I'll definitely shout you a beer. <laughs> me too. Thanks, Al, for all of your hard work as well. Obviously, we wouldn't be here without you. Um, but I also feel like that the last season slash two seasons have been one enormous marathon. So, um, yeah, well done on getting through it all. And um, let's see what 2022 brings. Yay. Go footy. Yeah. Yay footy. Bye. Bye.